Hi folks! Hi everyone who's watching tonight, today, maybe it's morning time or night time, but we'd like to welcome you to Small Church Ministries. Today I want to talk about something that's dear to my heart. I've been reading about this just again this past few weeks. I want to talk about the time and seasons of life. Time and seasons of life. You realize time flies and it flies fast. In a few weeks from now, I'm celebrating my 60th birthday, 6-0. You know, I still feel like I'm 30, 31. Then I realize my son is already 31. My daughter just turned 29 yesterday. And I'm going to have my third grandbaby come January next year. Then I realize, wow, time just goes by. There's a time and season for everything under the sun. That's what the Bible says. The Bible also tells us that we are like vapor. We are here today and we're gone tomorrow. One of my favorite verses is in James 4.14. You know, another version says we are but a mist. You know, a mist like, or but a breath. You are here today and you're gone tomorrow. That's how fast our lives are. That's why I love this verse that was written by David in Psalm 90, verse 12. He said, teach us to number our days so we may have a heart of wisdom. I used to wonder what David was trying to say here. Now I'm beginning to learn what this verse means. It means that we are wise if you realize the brevity of life. We are wise if we know that our time on earth is limited. See, when you, you know these things, we decide differently. You plan differently because we know that everything we do is temporary. With this in mind, hopefully, we will build on things that are long-lasting and eternal. We want to build our foundation on lasting things, the foundation on God. How would you like to be remembered for? You can discuss that. How would you like to be remembered for? Some people are remembered for being a good father or being a good provider. How would you like to be remembered for? See, your priorities begin to change depending on how you view your time on earth. When you realize it's limited, you want to make sure that your life on earth has meaning. It has purpose. More often than not, the things that we do can bring us joy or regrets. There are things I did in the past that brought me joy. But I also made or did some things that, you know, I regret. I wish I didn't do that. Because you know why? Seasons come and go. The seasons in our lives are so short. So short. Today, some of you are probably teenagers. And you know what? If I can go back in time, I'd probably study more. Because I realize education is important. That was a season in my life where I had to equip myself. For some of you, you're in a season where you're about to work. Okay? You're going to be part of the, all the people in the, on earth that are working for a living. There are seasons in life. They come and they go. You know, when my kids were young, they were babies. There was a season when they were toddlers. And, you know, you just enjoy them. You just tell them what to do. And it doesn't really mean much, but they, until they reach another season when they become teenagers, and it's a totally different story again. It's a season where you can't just tell them what to do. You probably have to train them and teach them, and they begin to ask questions like, why? 
Why am I here? Why am I supposed to do what you're telling me to do? Because it's not because they're rebellious. Some of them just, you know, it's a season. But seasons come and go. The opportunities or the window of opportunities are small. Okay? There are times that you miss the opportunity and there are times that you take advantage of the opportunities in your life. Seasons are opportunities. So don't waste it. Don't wait, waste the season in your life. Try to read the seasons in your life. Regrets always happen though when we when what was needed to be accomplished in certain seasons wasn't achieved. Because again, the window of opportunity will wait for no one. Once the season is over, you can't go back to it. You know, when, when you have an eight-year-old child, they will never be eight years old again. When they're 15, they'll never be 15 again. You know, I had a hard time when they started moving out of my house and we became empty nesters. You know, it was so hard on me. It was heartbreaking because we want them around us to be with us. See, thing about time is you can't rewind it. That's why it's critical that we can read the signs of the times, the golden moments that we can take advantage of. These opportunities will have a long and lasting effect going on to the next season and other seasons that are about to come your way. One seasons will affect the other it's like, you know, connecting the dots. Have you heard that? It's like your life is like dots. They connect to one another. What that means is what you do or you decide to do when you're a teenager affects your life today. What you did when you, you're working, the, the course you're about to take, in, when you went to university is going to affect your life today. Whether you take it or not, it's going to affect your life today. You know, I remember a story. This I love this story. It's in YouTube. You can find it. It's a story of Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs is the CEO founder of what we know now know as Apple. Okay. Here is what he said verbatim. This is what he said during a when he was a speaker in one college graduation. He said this. I dropped out of college after the first 6 months but stayed in as a drop-in for 18 months or so before I really quit before I dropped out. So why did I drop out? It started before I was born. Wow. My bi biological mother was a young, unwed graduate student, and she decided to put me up for adoption. She felt very strongly that I should be adopted by college graduates. She wanted to make sure that the person who's going to adopt me finished school. So everything was all set for me to be adopted at birth by a lawyer and his wife. Except that when I popped out, they decided the last minute they didn't really want it. They really wanted a girl rather. So my parents who were on a waiting list got a call in the middle of the night asking, we've got an unexpected baby boy. Do you want him? Of course, my biological parents today, uh, they said, of course, my biological mother rather found out later that my mother never graduated from college and that my father never graduated from high school. She refused to sign the final adoption papers. She only relented a few months later when my parents today promised that I would go to college. This was the start in my life. And 17 years later, I did go to college, Steve Jobs said, but I naively chose a college that was almost as expensive as Stanford and all of my working class parents savings were being spent on my college tuition fees. 
after six months, you know, I couldn't see the value in it. I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life and no idea how college was going to help me figure this thing out. And here I was spending all of the money my parents and saved their entire life. So I decided to drop out and trust that it would all work out okay. It was pretty scary at the time, but looking back today, it was one of the best decisions I ever made. Again, this is Steve Jobs, okay? You guys who are watching, finish school. But the minute I dropped out, Steve Jobs continued, I could stop taking the required classes that didn't interest me, and I began dropping in on the ones that I looked more, uh, far more interesting. It wasn't all romantic. I didn't have a dorm room, so I slept on the floor in my friend's room. I returned Coke bottles for the five cents deposit to buy food with, and I would walk at least seven miles across town every Sunday night to get one good meal a week per week at Hare Krishna Temple. And I loved it, he said. And much of what I stumbled into by following my curiosity and intuition turned out to be priceless later on. Let me give you an example, he said. Reed College at that time offered perhaps the best college calligraphy in the country. Throughout the campus, every poster, every label, and every drawer was beautifully handed, ca hand, handed calligraphed. It was calligraphed by hand. Because I had dropped out and didn't have to take normal classes, I decided to take a calligraphy class to learn how they do this. I learned about serif and sans serif typefaces, about varying amount of space between different letter combinations, about what makes typography great. It was beautiful, historical, artistically subtle in a way that science can't capture. And I found it fascinating, he said. None of this had even a hope of any practical application in my life. But 10 years later, when we started designing the first Macintosh computer, it all came back to me. And we designed all of this into the Mac. It was the first computer with beautiful typography. If, I, if I've never dropped in on that single course in college, the Mac would never have had this multiple typefaces or professionally faced fonts. And since Windows just copied the Mac, it's likely that no personal computer would have them. If I've never dropped out, I would have never dropped in a class, a calligraphy class, and personal computer might not have the wonderful typography that they do today. Of course, all of you are now benefiting from that. Of course, it was impossible to connect the dots looking forward when I was in college, but it was very, very clear looking backwards 10 years later. Again, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. So you have to trust that the dots will somehow connect in your future. You have to trust in something. Maybe your gut. It may be destiny, karma, whatever you call it. Because believing that the dots will connect down the road will give you the confidence to follow your heart. Even when it leads you off the well-worn path and that that will make all the difference. See, seasons are important. We have to understand the signs of the times. Maybe at this point in your life, you don't understand what's going on with your life. But maybe it's a dot that will lead you to many other dots to your destiny. It is so important that we understand seasons in life. 
Just go where your heart is leading you. My next point, learn from seasoned mentors. This is so important. There are people who went ahead of us. There are people who have experienced seasons. We have an experience. Who have learned lessons from the you know, past seasons? We can learn from them. We can, we can learn from their mistakes, from their successes. The Bible says there is victory in the counsel of multitudes. Okay, Counsel is important. In another version, it says, in the counsel of many, there is wisdom. You know, with wisdom, you can avoid the heartaches and the pains that each season can possibly give to you by inquiring, by asking, by asking for somebody to mentor you, to coach you in your seasons. Find a mentor, a life coach, an expert in the fields that can help you go through the seasons of your life. I call that discipleship. It is important that we have somebody who went ahead of us. You know, in my life, I've had mentors. Mentors in accounting, mentors, you know, I have a lawyer, I have accountants. I also have mentors in my personal life, in my marriage, in how to parent my children. As you go through seasons, it is good to find mentors and life coaches who will help you, assist you, so that you don't have to go to the heartaches that they went through. Seasons are designed by God to draw us closer to Him. Let me say this. There will be seasons that you feel are bad seasons. I've had my share of storms in my life. I only realize as I connect the dots that those hardships, those trials that I had in my life was designed by God to draw us closer to Him. Do you know that God loves you? Do you know that He disciplines those He loves? Do you know the reason why sometimes you fall? Because if you fall, he's going to pick you up and you're not going to fall ever again in that particular area. Sometimes we learn our lessons from the mistakes we've done in the past. They're actually not mistakes. They are, they are dots to bring you closer to what God has in store for you. I like this verse. There's a time for everything. There's a, the Bible says there's a time for everything in a season for everything, every activity under the heavens. There's a time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. There's also a time to weep and time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. There's a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search. And there's also a time to give up to quit on something, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent. And there's also a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What do workers gain from their toil? Sometimes I ask that myself. I've seen the burden of God that he has laid on the human race. But you know what? He has made everything beautiful in his time. Beautiful. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know that there's nothing for people better to do than for people to be happy and to do good while they're alive. That each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in their toil. This too is a gift of God. I know that everything God does will endure 
forever. It's not temporary, it's eternal. Nothing can be added to it and nothing can be taken away from it. You know why God does this to people? So the people will fear him. That's the season of life. That's the time that you have on earth. So make it purposeful, make it deliberate, and trust that God is with you through the dots in your life. 